0: You have to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You gotta touch, you have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You gotta be possessed with the dream, the dream.
1: Yeah. What's up guys and welcome to Straight From The Chess podcast. My name is Justin Groth, and I'm your host in this personal development, personal growth podcast. Listen. If you are new to the show, I just want to welcome you. I want to thank you for taking your time and giving me your listening ear. It means a lot to me. If you are, if you are a uh Coming back for the second, third, or 127th time, I just appreciate you just as much. Thank you for giving me your listening here again. Thank you for giving me your time. And if this is a podcast you derive value from, please, please do me a favor and share it on your stories, share it on Instagram, tell it to a friend, just promote more awareness over the podcast. It would do me a great service and I'll be very, very appreciative of it. Thank you in advance. So listen, guys, we have a guest today and his name is Chris Cachery. He's a good friend of mine
0: known him for i don't know eight nine years chris introduce yourself my brother hey man thanks for having me appreciate it chris kuchera known this guy love this guy and um yeah it's been like eight to ten years now but realtor on the central coast uh super passionate about the career and kind of just getting started three to four years in but loving it and um yeah obviously love just growth in general so love to be associated with you man thank you bro i appreciate that well listen I've been wanting to have you on the podcast for a real long time
1: since before I really, well, when I toggled the notion of wanting guests, you were the one that came to mind first. And, I, uh, you know, I don't mean to backseat anybody else that comes on the podcast because everybody that I, that I bring on here, I want to talk to, Everyone I'm going to bring on here, I want to talk to, but you... We've had a history and it started in fitness and it started when, um, for those of you just to get people up to speed here, <clears throat> I met Chris in the gym and it was in fitness 19 is where we, we both, we both work out at and, uh, Chris wanted to become a trainer and he got certified and he was on his way to becoming a personal trainer and, and I was a fitness manager at the time at fitness 19 and I don't like, and I don't say this I say this begrudgingly because I don't or not, but I'm sorry. I say this reluctantly because I don't like to not like trainers. You know, I want to like every trainer, mm-hmm. but there are certain aspects that in that encompass a good trainer. And if you don't have those, then it doesn't matter what you know, what you learn, what extended credentials you have. It just, it doesn't mean anything to me at that point. When I'm looking to to vet a trainer for the team, whether it's my own team now personally at my studio or whether it's for fitness 19. Sure. And the thing that I loved about you was your ability to be so personable and allow a comfort to, to kind of overcast between you and the the person you were talking to. And that goes a long way with being a personal trainer. So not only that fact that you have that, but you're a very likable person and you, you, you're such a, you're such a, the, the energy that you that you that you emit is such of um is one of it just makes you feel like i can do this like i can do this i can you're conspiring you know what i mean and it's not only the way the way you lift and the way you talk to people but it's just the way that you also live your life and one of the things that i really admired about you is your see people that are just just tuning in for the first time or maybe it's their fifth time. They're used to me talking. Sure. And they're not used to me having guests. But the fact of the matter is the the person that I bring on has to be able to deliver something of value to this type of platform. Hmm. Um I didn't know this until a week ago, but we're in the UK, we're in Canada, so no we got kidding. listeners all over the world, man. And this is something that I was told by my um by my tech analyst, my guru friend Ramon, I would yeah, talk yeah. about a lot. And he, he was reluctant to even tell me cause he knows I don't want to th- hear about analytics. I yeah, don't want I just want to focus on, on, on the, the process and that's it. And just true. getting content out there and getting, uh, getting more episodes done that are hopefully valuable to other people that listen in this growth and development department. But so anyways, that being said, um, I want to give people context to the reason why you're even on here. And one of the things I admired, uh, getting back to the thing I admired was the fact that you didn't have an ego, and that's one thing that I—I I don't think I've ever told you this before. But I would see you working jobs that I knew you didn't want to work. Man, mm. I knew—I knew you didn't want to bust tables at Via Cantina. Yeah. I knew it, and not because Via Cantina is a poor because it's a great restaurant, but I knew that that was below what you wanted in life. Hmm. And I—and I would see you—I would see you. Um, doing instacart and i and i just i know that that's not where you want to be dude Mm. i know that you want to be somewhere far above that and it's it's and your type of your level your caliber of human being isn't one that does and there's no no flack on people that do instacart or bus at restaurants but it's not where you want it to be and it's something that you only saw yourself as going through the process of in order to get to where you want you mentioned your you, you came on the podcast you said i'm real estate sure but that's not everything that encompasses who you are or why you got to real estate so what i want to know is tell me and tell the listeners about the driving process the things that kept you going the constituents that kept you going in the process to become the real estate agent that you are today and then where you see yourself going in the future because the way that you facilitate and move in real life based on what you're willing to do and willing to sacrifice your ego for Mm. which is a lot of a lot of a lot of men men would not be willing to do that sure it's not something that comes easy to men let me make that very clear to the listeners it's not something that comes easy to men for men to subjugate themselves willingly to be at a position where they want to be one day knowing that they're not there yet and they have to go through other rocky terrain to get there mm-hmm. that's not something that most I, men for sure but most people in general are in not general. willing to go through
0: that's a really good point man and first of all i don't think i've ever felt this pretty in my life man thanks for that breakdown i <laughs> know <laughs> hey, for it. real man i appreciate the kind words I uh, really do and you know just coming from yourself man i admire you a lot bro same thing and the same thing can be said to be said about you you know i've always been this almost like a bigger brother feeling you know i look up to you um and i've always felt this kind of draw to you i think a lot of people feel it like you know to you you have an enigmatic personality i want to say it where you can just draw people in and i always admire that about you how about how you can kind of float in a room of different people and just you know you can build relationships with any type of person which i feel like that takes a very high level of, of consciousness and evolution as a human again just as a man too it's harder for men to do that so i want to admire you about that man for sure thank you man i appreciate that 100 so as far as you know like getting to where i am right now um i think I don't, i've dealt with death in my life uh both with my like my mom has um brain damage right so that's almost like a like a death of her in a, in a sense my brother passed away. And so I think I've dealt with death a little bit in my life enough to be like, you know what, one day my ass is going to be gone. Is there really a risk at that point? Like I've dealt with death. I'm familiar with it. And so I'm like, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? I get on a phone and cold call and someone tells me to fuck off. Okay. Like, it's just like another L on the way to a win. Um, so I guess if that, does that kind of describe like the journey of how I, I kind of see going forward with real estate? Is that, is that kind of?
1: Well, look, man, I mean, this is your journey is going to be, very starkly different than somebody else's you know and what I want to know is because I only see it from a bird's eye view Mm -hmm. of what you've gone through what you're going through but I don't know context and I want to know which is I think what also other people want to know tuning into somebody that is not where they ultimately want to be but you know a stratosphere away from where they were 10 years ago sure so in this podcast, dude, we talk about things that are authentic. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want you to bring authenticity. And I, that's all I really care about. So that being said, and, and that's something that you know I didn't mention before, before we go on. You 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 know that when before we went on, there was really no conversation because I wanted to I told you I wanted to save everything Nothing. for the podcast. All, authentic guy. I just want it to be organic, man, and I sure. want it to flow. And the thing is about that, people respond better to a type of flaw. Hmm. They, they respond better to flawed people because they themselves are flawed. 100%. And they themselves have scathes and bruises and that are not only external but internal. Sure. So the fact of the matter is if we script some shit, that sounds pretty, mm-hmm. but if we don't script it, It sounds raw and it's more applicable and relatable to people because that's what people are. They're fucking raw and just, they're just flawed. So I don't want pretty shit. Mm -hmm. I want rough, scraped up, bruised, almost on the brink of fucking suicide. If that's what it
0: is, I want to hear that because I I know everybody else wants to hear that because that's what's applicable. 100%, man. So I guess if you want to go back, I guess let's go five, six years ago when I was about to you know i was training with justin and i forget i remember i'll never forget this man you told me you got to you got to start eating steaks instead of chicken man that was funny like, <laughs> We got to get you to eat steaks so that's that was like in when i was 26 so th- 7 years ago but two forward 2 years i was trying to figure out what i wanted to do because training wasn't my really really my gig i liked training myself i liked training but it wasn't like the that passion wasn't burning in my chest you know what i mean that i was looking for and I, I always knew I was, you know, destined for better things and bigger things. I don't want to settle, and I felt like I was settling, and that was that's, that's bullshit to me. You would have once, you know, go after it hard, and so, um, yeah, I started looking to real estate a little bit. I was naturally drawn to it, but at the, the time, I was living with four dudes, like a, it was a frat house, and um, there was some, there was a lot of drug use in the house, and so, you know, for a year, I lived there and I didn't do anything. I just like would go into my room, you know, do my thing, study for my exam. And that's it. But then I started dabbling with some of the shit that was in the house at, at a certain point. And um, I was, you know, there was a bunch of Xanax too in the house and I started selling that. And uh, like, you know, just for extra money. So I'm like, okay, well I can sell, you know, maybe I can translate this to real estate when, I, when it happens, but, um, but anyway, so that, that was like rock bottom for me for sure. Um, I was having some health issues at the time too. There was like autoimmune compromise. So, you know, I, I was kind of, that was like a rock bottom for sure. Like hundred percent rock bottom dark time uh, for three months, I actually moved into my dad's garage. We we like created a room in a garage, and I was like, "This is it. This is rock bottom." And so I recovered from the health issues, got off the like the drug use. Not that it was bad, but it was. I mean, dude, drug use is bad in general. I mean, so any any type of you know drug use is bad. So I cleaned up my act, my act, cleaned up my diet. Um, you know, at the time, I think I was starting to give up like certain addictions too. At the time, I gave up liquor. I've been off liquor like th- three years now. Nice. Porn, no porn. And, uh, you know, just started to kind of rise from the ashes. That was the goal to rise from the ashes. So I guess, you know, hitting rock bottom in life is where I feel like you can, you know, let go of the ego a little bit. You know, the the ego where you see, you know, male specific, especially got to be a tough guy, chest out. Um, And so from that point, I guess when I hit rock bottom, it humbled me a lot. And I've hit rock bottom a couple of times in my life with my mom, you know, having her injury and, and stuff. But this one was specific to where so much shit was just falling apart in my life. And so from there... I, probably six months later, I had my license already, but I had to get my life back together. So live with my pops for three months, Um, ended up moving out and then going back to the brokerage because I guess a year before that I was in the brokerage, but then my life fell apart. So I never got one sale that first four months that I was in life fell apart. Then six months later, I got back to the brokerage roughly. And so I guess I came with a really humble perspective of you know this is rock bottom I've I've kind of faced a, a spiritual death in a sense and now I'm just ready to turn a page and I, I like the old me I killed my old me I killed the old me like that Chris is gone and so I guess hitting the marketplace like as a new person allow me to do things that most people won't do and are you know scared to do
1: so when you say killing the old me you did that and that's bad. old Chris is gone what do you mean by that
0: all Chris is gone. I just feel like that, that person is like a second me. When I look back, I'm like, dude, that's not me. It's almost like I'm looking at you, Justin, like a different person almost. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The people I was dating, the people I was hanging out with, it almost feels like it was a different Chris hanging out with them at the time.
1: Yeah, and that's true kind of in all of our lives. We go through different sheddings of skin, so to speak, you know. Um, and it, it seems like it happens – respectively around your late teen years and then kind of in your early twenties, you kind of venture into a new process of life and then like in your thirties. And then I'm sure it's going to be that way ongoing until maybe we're, you know, retired around the retiring age where, but it's just, you know, in terms of my in my own journey I've seen the same thing. I, I don't, I'm not the same person as I was five years ago. Sure. Not only the way that I speak, but the way that I think. And, and it's my circumstances that have caused me to become a different individual and mm. evolve. So speaking, look, I mean, if we have a problem, whereas humans very good at finding solutions to the problem It's the reason why we've evolved over the millions and millions of years. So, if we were not good at problem solving and finding solutions and you know, this being a threat to us, we were just ball up and take the punches and just not get up. Well then we wouldn't have made it this far in life, right? We wouldn't have, we wouldn't, wouldn't, you and I wouldn't be here having this conversation because our people would have died off millions and millions of years ago. Hundred percent. And the way that we live now is totally different than the way they used to live. Clearly there are way more threats back then than there are today. Mm hmm. I mean, we're pussies compared to what they were back in their day. You even know? though we've evolved, even you, though we've evolved, you man, we're still pussies. We're, we're more, we're yeah, because we haven't had to deal with any of that shit too. Yeah. I mean, it's like the the there's a there's a saying I I don't even want to I'm gonna butcher it, but basically it's saying you know strong men meet weak men, mm-hmm. and it's because the strong men have dealt with so much in their life they make it comfortable for the men that are that they have or like let's say that they're kin. That they have to be now that allows them to be more comfortable sure. and weak as a byproduct like
0: a trust fund baby
1: yeah. yeah i mean it's like whatever that trust fund baby's dad or granddad had to do to make it to where they're able to have the luxuries that they have now well yep. now that guy's kind of has the ability to be a pussy if you wants, sure because he doesn't have to do anything yeah. of magnitude to have magnitude he just has it at his he's born the silver spoon mm-hmm. and Me, myself, man, I come from a background where my parents fortunately did well, Hmm. but that's unfortunate sometimes for me because I don't have the same pressure as my dad had. So there's a, there's a point where I feel like it's my duty and job to ignite challenge where there wouldn't be otherwise, Hmm. because I don't want to be a weak bitch because I don't want to be coddled. Because I don't like that, yeah. And that's a part why I'm so thankful for weightlifting, for example. Mm-hmm. Because if there's one thing that I can apply in real life that I know I have the guts and the grit for, it's training. Yeah. Because my work ethic is a, is is a, is a state of aggression and and almost um, I wouldn't say just aggression. There's a there's a there's an obsession behind it, but it's not an obsession. Just I got to get my reps, and it's. I can't let myself down. And even though it might physiologically go against me building, quote unquote, the most amount of muscle, Mm -hmm. because it's such a, it's so, we had this conversation a little bit back, you know, a couple days ago in the gym. We kind of ventured into it. And the fact of the matter is, when you're training and you've accrued so much of your muscle mass naturally, Mm -hmm. meaning, you're not, you have, you have a genetic cap and no matter if you want to hear that or not, that's what it is. You have a genetic cap. You can only it's gain there. so much. It is there. And for guys like you and I, you've been training so long and so intensely, we're there. There's not much more we're going to gain unless we go on pharmacological substances. Sure. So that being said, what what's the fucking point of training so aggressively and, and doing more reps, even if they're effective, like- even if you have a, it's a good explosive rep. What's the point of doing that mm-hmm. when you've already killed the horse, so to speak, you've already broken down the tissue to the point where that's it. Why do more? So the reason I'm going to hold on real quick. The reason why I know you got a good point coming. <laughs> the reason why I got a button on mine real quick. Yeah. The reason why is because you have this behavior that's been established and ingrained mm-hmm. in your central nervous system, in your brain, where you won't accept anything less. Even if it goes against the physiological gain that you would, or the physical gain that you otherwise are after, you can't let yourself down. So you do the extra representative to comply with the fact that you're not a bitch. And that's really what
0: it boils down to, people being ordinary or extraordinary when they train. So now I'm curious, man. So you say that you came from, Would what, what you say middle class then? Okay. So, you know, middle class is fucking tough because of, it's comfy, right? You're not rich and have to, you know, show your dad that you're going to be richer than him or, you know, compete with your pops that killed it or, you know, lower class where you're like, Hey, I never want to be ever poor again. I would say upper middle class, upper actually, middle. just
1: to, just to clarify.
0: So then how did you create a work ethic that almost mimicked like a, like a, a chip on the shoulder? Man,
1: uh, I, I don't know because there was anybody who's listened to the podcast for any length of time knows that I've talked about my dad and how he used to work and how, I mean, he's retired now basically, but when he would work and he would, he is, he, he's a landscape, so he would, I would see him work circles around his Hispanic workers yeah and obviously it's because it's his business. He wants to get, he wants to make the money on time sure. to be able to pay the bills on time, etc. But he had a work ethic to him, not only in that, but when I would see him lifting weights in the garage and I remember looking at him like any son does to his father, like how am I going to be a man like that? Mm. How the fuck am I going to be a man like that? That's like, how it is I can't theater. even, there's no way dude. Yeah. And I'm thinking this at like nine, and I remember I distinctly remember looking up at our from he was in the garage and I was down on the driveway. And we lived in a in a house that we had a kind of uh, arch to the or I'm sorry a slope to the driveway. I remember looking at him lifting weights, bench pressing a lot of weight, and and I remember thinking, how am I ever gonna do that? Yeah, because I I look at my father as the emulation of a man, what he's supposed to be. Sure, and and then on top of that, as I grew older. I remember thinking, how am I going to do this? He does this for, you know, for his family. How am I going to do this? Like how I just remember being bombarded with these thoughts with these, these, that it's almost like a burden of becoming.
0: Yeah. Like how long am long did I going to become this? Huh? How long did that happen to where you were like nine and then like, like to where you felt like, okay, maybe I'm like, you know, a fucking man now. Oh,
1: I still don't think I'm a man. I'll just be honest with you. Yeah, I still yeah, don't okay. think that I am any e- an evolved man yet Mm -hmm. i don't look at myself like a man that's a part of the problem because even though i i've done some things in my life and i've yeah that other people would deem somewhat successful to me that's not enough Mm -hmm. and to me it's below what i know i could achieve if i had maybe more time or if you know, I don't know what other variables I can put in the equation that would allow me to have more. But I know that I'm not—I know that I'm not what I need to be. And because of that, I guess it's because I don't see myself as as up to date with my father yet. Hmm. And so because of that, I don't deem myself as a man. Yeah. And also, I'm—I'm just—I just—I haven't done man things yet. Like I haven't had a family. I mean, you haven't had a family either. But you don't maybe see it the way I see it. I see it that way. That's the that's those are the that's the criteria that I have to meet mm-hmm. in order to meet for me to embody myself or visualize myself as a man. I mean, I still look at myself and think uh, I'm kind of like a boy, hmm. you know. And but I don't, but I don't treat every day. I don't treat daily life like that. Yeah. I don't treat my business that way. I don't treat um, my own personal responsibilities that way. But I haven't done enough for me, I feel, to be able to call myself that, hmm. a man. Yeah. And, it, and, and and I know that's kind of subjugating myself, but I'm not going to not be honest with you, yeah, with anybody. So I might not say anything, but when I'm asked the question, especially on this platform, I'm going to tell you the authentic truth that is. Yeah. That what, so when I found weightlifting, it was something that showed me I do have grit. Sure. I just have it in a different application. Because my dad never lifted weights like I did. Yeah. He didn't train like I trained. But he also and his but his work was more laborious than my work. My I'm a personal trainer. It's mm-hmm. not laborious. Landscape is very, very actively a laborious yeah. job and, and vocation.
0: He, he did that his whole career then? Yep. Okay, gotcha. How many years?
1: So they've been in business for over forty.
0: Over forty, shit, mm-hmm. that's a
1: lot of longevity. Yeah, man, good for him. Well, it was also the knit between my mom, my my mother, and my father. They okay. they have the business together. So, you know, it, the the my mom is a big crux to their uh, their trajectory climb because you know my dad is a a, a standard man hmm. in the sense that he does things you know um he's going to he's gonna be hard when he does things mm-hmm. and he doesn't he he wants to, he has the best heart that I know of and I'm not just saying that because it's cliche to say your dad has a good heart or mm-hmm. the best heart you mean it I mean it yeah and that's
0: really in part where I got my heart okay I feel it's from my dad you're a pretty compassionate dude dude thank for you for being a, being a tough gritty looking motherfucker <laughs> 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 you, you um, got that empathy on, on point man.
1: And I I, I drive it I feel from my from my father and, and that's you know the fact is still, even with that being said, he we as men do things rougher, sure. we don't we don't like to talk, we like to do. And so because of that, um him not having that component as as handsomely as my mother has mm-hmm. they make a good unit to be able to you know work through, in the chain sure and keep going you know yeah. so i think it's it's both of them that made the dream happen but um
0: Is i that, just go ahead it's one they've been married just like just yeah. them they've never been married to anyone else mm-hmm. damn that's good yeah for sure man i mean the dynamic of the, the male female it seems very traditional between you and your parents like yeah and it seemed like it worked pretty damn good that's the way it should be that's the way it should be right absolutely and i think you know we live in a society where it's taking away a lot of that that masculinity it's demonizing the masculinity aspect to it and um, let's talk about that let's talk about that so you know i see you as a masculine male you know for sure so you know how do you so again so are you just trying to emulate what your dad did and and be that that or you know how do you keep that masculinity drive and maybe a world that's telling you not to be I
1: don't listen to it. First and foremost, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's bullshit. And, um, even though this is a controversial topic with people, it shouldn't be because we are biologically one way and females are biologically another way. And that's just truth. And why would you dispute facts? Yeah. So I don't dispute that when people there, there's a, there's a spectrum for males. Like there's a spectrum for females Mm -hmm. and You know, on on one end of the spectrum for a male, he can be fairly more feminine, uh, afeminine, but it doesn't mean that he's not a male with biological male uh, components. Yeah, so with a female, same thing. There, I've met masculine females. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a lot of them in the gym, totally. You know, because most females that are working out and actually training hard and heavy. I mean, that's a bit of a masculine characteristic. Yeah, totally. But you wouldn't categorize them as a male. You would categorize them as a female. So, I mean, there's a spectrum here, like with anything. And I don't I've I don't even though I myself see I seem look, bro, I see myself in ways people will never see me because that is who I am. I have a very, very rough grading scale hmm. that I use on my
0: own person. Is it like a daily basis thing or you check, like you check in with yourself on this grading system? It's a moment by moment. Really? It's everything. It's so the you- podcast.
1: It's my training. It's my work. It's my, it's my personal life. It's my trajectory that I, where I'm, su- where I think I want to go, where I'm su- hmm. where, I, where I, what I think I'm supposed to do. It's everything. So you're conscious of it all day, every day, Damn, all really? day. You've
0: been like that up forever.
1: It's, every, it's everything. It's the way I fucking dress, the way I do my hair, the way I present myself, the yeah. way I talk. Anything. It's anything, dude. So what do you think happens when people try to pacify others? So pacify others in like what context? Make them not feel uneasy. Giving them giving them the feeling of like, eh, I'm on your side, man. You know, like this is not in they don't want to be in any way confrontational. Sure. Where do you think that leads when, when people are ultimately out for themselves? And I don't mean that Mm -hmm. from a selfish standpoint. I mean, I know you care more about your life than you care about anyone else's. life. Absolutely. Everyone does. So it's like, where does that go when people are trying to develop and circumvent their situation to be
0: Optimized. Well, I think you're just not, maybe not, um, you know, and you haven't, your sense of identity, you're not true to it. You don't um, feel strong enough in yourself to even create some sort of conflict that might be beneficial towards a relationship. Like, you know, if I talk to you and I'm like, hey, Justin, man, you know, like I really don't like what you're doing here. And I think, I see it affecting you, but I don't want to have that conversation because i man, what if Justin isn't my friend anymore? You know, mm-hmm. I think, you know, and it takes a true, you know, that's true love to tell someone where they're fucking up, mm-hmm. you know, and I think the, the people are losing that. And it's, it's a whole generation of softness. Oh, I don't want to offend you. Offending is a good thing. I hope you offend me because usually, you know, if the purpose is good, you know, that's going to strengthen the relationship. I think personally.
1: Well, an offense shouldn't be taking the way that it is been taking nowadays, whereas people feel like, well, now I have a sense of duty to reciprocate Mm. because look if you are if you offended me well now i have to fight you or now i have to fight you with something i have to bring an element of contention to the matter because you've given me a reason to do so because we're offending so there could be comments that are offending there could be there could be facial expressions that are offending for sure but you have to learn to be able to walk past it don't listen to it and just continuously Navigate where you want to go because ultimately these people are detours and these offensive, if you allow things to offend you in such a, in your soul, you're hypersensitive to certain things, right. that can be a good thing in terms of where your journey is going or what you want out of your life.
0: Yeah, totally, man. I mean, well, I feel like, you know, if you're offended and you you take it personal, like in sales, when someone says no to you, it's not they're saying no to your offer, not no to you mm-hmm. in general. Like no to Justin. No, I just don't want to train with you. Maybe I have a better trainer that fits me, mm-hmm. or I just am too insecure to go to you. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, taking offense to things, you can use it to your benefit. Even if like the person that hates you the most calls you out about some stuff, there's probably some truth in there that you can use to get better. You know, but I think that, you know society in general was so soft nowadays that they're, they're, they are they want to take such offense to where it's almost like a personal attack. It's like they're attacking you. Maybe they're just attacking one flaw that maybe, hey, I'll use it, you know, this, you know, a, like as a spider using a web, I'll just, I'll just, you know, wrap you up in it because you gave me the web, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. So
1: yeah, I think that, I think that offense is something that people are now using as an excuse to just be be mean dude you know you offended me so now i have the right to do whatever yeah say whatever do whatever it's like i don't know how you were raised but i was raised to the point i was raised in the sense that if you don't like something about somebody you just keep it within yourself Hmm. and if you have nothing good to say You don't say it. That's how you were raised. That's how I was raised. So if I, I don't understand being offended, even though I know offensive being offended is a real thing. Yeah. I don't understand. Maybe because I'm not a sensitive person with most things I'm sensitive in some things, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't say that if you, I have to learn if you don't like it, if you don't like what I say, fine. Fine. I have to learn to walk away from that because it cannot distort my own focus that is paramount to my evolution. Like this thing means more to me. There's more to this than just what you see here. See,
0: there, go ahead. No, that's it. Off. Go ahead. Well, to your point, I feel like you're so you have these focuses and goals and dreams and visions. And when people don't have that, it's like you can be detoured by anything. You know what I mean? Like one comic can set someone off for mm. weeks or months or years. And so I think that's the true gift of having a real purpose, whether, you know, it doesn't have to be massive, but just having something in the future to where it's like, ah, whatever, you know? Cause I know like there was an instance in the office the other day where someone called me like, I forget, like fake or something like that. Like, oh, you're so fake to certain people. And like maybe 10 years ago that would have thrown me up like, oh fuck that person, you know, whatever. I'm not fake. I'm this, that, that that's one perspective in the scheme of things. And it's like, what is, what is that going to do to me to, to waste 30 minutes of a time, my time, you know, just steaming and, and being pissed about it where I can just get back, focus on my goals and go, you know, the straight path to my goal. So
1: that we understand that there's different aspects to our persona, you know, there's a professional persona, there's a personal persona, totally, right? That the, these things we emit to the public and when a person says, for example, in your field in real estate, the reason why they said that is because you're probably, I'm just taking a stab at this. Stab away. It's probably because you're accommodating to the person that you're meeting with, mm-hmm. the potential buyer. You're overzealous in this accommodating stance that you're taking. And that isn't what this person who called you fake knows yeah, right. because they know the personal Chris, but you professional Chris with the buyer are not going to showcase that side. Mm-hmm. Why? Because, well, here's the reason why they don't need to know you on that level. Right. There are elements that you could salt and pepper in that are real Chris-like Real personal Chris, but the reason why you hold on to those sort of things is because the buyer doesn't really care about those sort of things. Right. So you, you facilitate in a professional manner. Now there's a spectrum to being professional. We can, we can, we can debate that or we can agree with that because here's the thing in my job, I'm a personal trainer yeah. in your job, you're a real estate agent. Real estate agent has a much more grandiose element tethered to it. Whereas Mm -hmm. personal trainer is not so much. You don't really have to be professional as a personal trainer. And I would argue that the more professional you are, the worse trainer you are. No kidding. Because you're losing sight of the personal aspect, which is first in the forefront Mm -hmm. of the title personal trainer. Yeah. So you lose sight of being personal because we all know being personal means you being relatable we all know you being relatable is going to be predicated on your ability to be vulnerable and showcase who you really are. Mm. So there is a sense that I screen certain things before I say them. That's my, that's the extent of my professionality, but everything else is all, is all sort of autonomous based and very personal and I want to absorb that person. The best way I know how to absorb that person is to find Justin himself. And I hate to speak in the third person, but for context (laughs) of this conversation, we'll say that I know that the only way that I'm able to do that is to be Justin, Hmm. not being any kind of, any kind of, you know, augmented aspect of being a professional. It has to be just authentic Justin. I'll know I'll be my best for that person and I'll be able to give my best and receive that person the best. Whereas your case is a little different, a little different because you don't want to just be a bro to your buyer. You want to be professional Chris and for them to
0: uphold you in such a way. Yeah, totally, man. What? And so to, uh, to, you know, go off of what you're saying, is that maybe why you even inherently, maybe subconsciously even chose that career then? Um, I, I didn't really even
1: choose it as a career. I chose it as this is something that I want to pursue and it ended up materializing into a career hmm. somewhat or a business rather. Yeah. Um, I did it because I felt like I had a, well, there was a, there was a, there was a definite prominent recipro- reciprocation I felt within my within the the person that i was training or showing how to do such and such exercise that i felt and they felt and then i felt like it was doing a a positive service for them yeah and that's the reason that drew me to it Hmm. and to make something of it but it was all it was all preface on the fact that i felt like i had an ability to teach people in a way that came easy to me with little to no effort
0: little to no effort and you're also giving back to in like in a spiritual sense like give it back yeah that's like a, it's purpose. kind
1: of like a ministry
0: well i don't know if it cut off like that part cut off but you were saying you were very legacy based which is ministry mm. and so yeah it just seems like it worked out pretty good well and this is i always tell people this this is
1: something that if i get on this topic i i'm quick to say that this is what i this, this is a lily pad that i feel like i'm on mm-hmm. and i'm jumping from lily pad to lily pad and this is one lily pad that is helping to refine and evolve the character that I ultimately have to have to graduate to the next lily pad in life. And this is something I don't think it's about personal training for me. I think it's about refining my ability to conversate and receive people and help make people feel comfortable in a state of otherwise intimidation and you know, where some people threat because people sometimes are threatened to work out with somebody who they deem fit or what have you. And it's very, they're very apprehensive to it. And if I can allow them to be comfortable and to be, and to be at ease. And if I do so by willingly being vulnerable, that helps them to be number one, more comfortable, which produces more productivity and then we get more results. And that's where personal takes a front seat Mm -hmm. in terms of training because yes, look, I'm not, I'm not belittling training. You need to have a concept of movement and to be able to facilitate proper movement Mm -hmm. and be able to cue people in a way that they understand and be able to look for movement discrepancies and energy leaks up the kinetic chain. However, none of that means shit. If you can't relate to the person. None of that means shit if they don't feel comfortable with you. None of that means shit if you don't get past the first session. So what I'm saying is personal, like it is in personal trainer, needs to come at the forefront and really in your job it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You need to be, you need to know how to communicate, you need to know how to conversate, you need to know how to receive people, you need to know how to listen, you need to know how to deviate on the whim, 100 man that's that's very 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 important when you're training in anything in life you need to know how to deviate and improvise right out of the gate like yeah. right on the mark if you need to you can't be a deer in headlights 100 percent. and so that sometimes can come across in your field correct me if i'm wrong as snaky if you do it in a in a in a context that is rather uh uh sleazy or has the underpinning of sleaziness tethered to it yeah and that's where people can get you
0: mistaken for quote-unquote fake definitely man and the industry itself real estate can you know the barrier of entry is so small for what you can make that it does attract it can't attract that personality you know what i mean like the whole wolf on wall street thing just Mm. berating people with with verbal you know uh agility you know, it, there is that for sure, but there's like an ebb and flow to a, a relationship, you know, like to you too. Like, you know, you gotta know when to drop back or you gotta know how to, you know, melt resistance, but coming through with a pure way, like, you know, I've told people, Hey, don't sell the house. Like you, it won't be beneficial. Or I can't sell your house because I can't show the shit cause it looks like shit, mm. you know, like, you know, but it's a pure motive because I know it wouldn't do well on the market if I can't take great pictures, right? So I think learning, learning how to, you know, create a symbiotic relationship, but with pure motives is like, you know, the ultimate form of like human interaction that I'm striving for every day. Cause dude, there are there are days where I'm like, damn, that's a big check. You yeah. Know? Like I want it, you know? Yeah. But just being real.
1: That's, it's hard to, to let go of that, knowing that you'll have more financial freedom. For sure. If you collect that check, you know,
0: hundred percent, man, I gotta sleep, with, you gotta sleep with yourself at night, no matter who you're sleeping with there or it is, you know, there it is. And, and that's integrity, integrity, man. And that's
1: important. And that's a lot of the, that's a lot of the. That's a lot of the construct that people miss is short sighting themselves for the for the temporary reward, knowing that ultimately down the road it's not going to lead to anything fruitful, or at least what they want ultimately, Mm -hmm. which is they want to follow. People want to follow a good character, yeah, and that is all encompassed around in your ability to be integral. Hundred percent, and maybe. Maybe allow the, the sell or the allow money on the table when you know, you could make it knowing that it goes against your better moral judgment. So when you say, I can't show this, this looks like shit. So there are, that's an element of authentic behavior, you know, and to some real estate agents that would be like, I can't say that to that person. And there's a way to say it Mm. that doesn't that isn't intrusive, totally. but that's what I'm talking about. People can respect and it receive that because they know it's real and they almost, they almost honor it more than if you were to say, you know, say it in some sleazy way or, you know, I don't know, pacify them. It's like, they can trust you now because they now know that's like almost they're, they're now they're, they're, they're almost like dissecting you and you you've you've now you've now allowed them to know an element of you that is real and they because of that develops more trust within them
0: no totally i mean the whole thing of like it checks a box to something to where they it's not even verbal like they just feel it in them you know so it's like uh, yeah i'd rather let justin down now than have to like kind of like lie to you and then let you down later like Mm. i'm gonna list my house your house for a million dollars but i know it's worth 920. But I'll, you know, I'll just beat you up for three, four weeks into the escrow process till get you down to nine twenty. Not be like Justin, hire someone else. But your house is worth nine twenty, and at mm. that point, it builds a good rapport. And you're not looking to just sell this house;
1: you're looking to sell multiple houses and have a great reputation.
0: Hundred percent. And to your point, um, a legacy. Like I want you know, you know, my kids to know that hey, their dad did right. You know what I mean? Like y- you walked a straight line. You know, and there there has been times in my life where I've not, not done that. Not with, you know, real estate, but just, you know, in the past. And it's like, oh, I hate that feeling. And I just want to like get to the end of my life knowing that I have as little a, amount of those feelings, you know, possible.
2: Mm.
0: So be on my deathbed knowing, you know, I I did a pretty good job. Maybe 99% of the time I was pretty damn good.
1: Yeah. And on a moment by moment or I should say day by day, you know, when you're allowed, when you're able to lay your head down at night, knowing that, look, man, I don't have any of these unanswered feelings. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've attended to all these feelings in an integral pro with an integral approach, and I feel good about them. That's what it is. It's like not leaving any stone unturned, and and either even if it's in conversation with a homie, or if it's in you know a, a professional state where you're talking to a buyer.
2: Yeah,
1: these things are important. They're they're paramount to your to your evolvement and your character because yeah. really. We work on character. I mean, that's that's really ultimately what we're, we're after is a is a quality of character, so to speak. And all these things are really levied on your ability to interact with people, how you treat people. It's your way of being humane. You have that, or you don't. And some people, some people are so jaded by money and so jaded by power, mm-hmm. and. They, they only want, like they want power over certain circumstances or situations or people and they want more money and all that's all their strive is about. It's just, I got to have, collect more. It's like, at the end of the day, yes, you want to collect because you want financial freedom. Like you want that check like you were talking about because you know what it can do for you, for your family. Mm -hmm. You know what it can do for, for your, uh, for your uh, sense of um, security. Yeah. But at the same time, you want to earn it morally and integrally. And there's a way about that doing that. There's a way to go about that. It doesn't just, it doesn't just happen. You have to actually refine that element to you because naturally we are just hungry and we just want to collect and we just want to gnaw anybody that comes in the way of that. But that's like our animalistic brain. Like the hunter-gatherer. Ne- exactly. You know I mean? We want that. But there's a, there's a massive and imperative element to this that's fit into the equation. That's called people and doing so in a moral, just, reasonable way, like facilitating in a moral, just, and integral way.
0: You know, and I feel like, you know, allowing yourself to be cognizant to feel both. Like there's been in the past where you made the wrong choice and it lingered with you. There's been in the past where you made the right choice and it lingered with you. What do you want to linger with? Mm. You know what I mean? And being cognizant enough to like feel the shitty feelings when you made it wrong and and look back on when a similar situation comes. But I don't ever want to feel that way. Like being, you know, emotionally intelligent enough to do it, allowing yourself. We all have it, but you know, yeah, being that way.
1: Yeah. Unless you're a narcissist. (laughs) If you're a narcissist, (laughs) then you likely don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just out there for you and you don't care who you hurt and hopefully if you're listening to this you're not that person and you actually care about the betterment of others and the way that you impact or do not impact others sometimes it's better to if you don't have any impact to 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 be able to um, deliver to anybody sometimes it's best to not impact them at all and just walk away and just let them be them and and maybe what I mean by that is let them interact with somebody who can impact them or who does have something to, to deliver or, or offer up that's positive or of benevolence. And that's something that I think there's utility in that too, but real estate can be a sharky game, bro. And that's, and a lot of people like personal trainers, there are a lot of personal trainers that treat the craft of personal training integrally. And then there are a lot that just use it to fuck girls. Yeah and like real estate there's a lot of people that actually care about the home that they sell and care about getting people into the right home and there are other people that just want to sell and I don't I know that look I know that that's the reason why you're gonna be successful in not only real estate but just anything you do we've had conversations about this and I understand that there's an, there's an element to Chris that isn't seen by a lot of people mm-hmm. and it's because you're guarded. We're all guarded to some degree, but with the guard comes along a bravado and it can be a false sense of, of genuine bravado, sure. but it's there nonetheless. I have, you have it to what level do we have it? to what, you know, my veil might be thin compared to other people's veils Mm -hmm. in terms of what they showcase but nonetheless there's a veil yeah i i don't want to show you everything i've always seen that when i see glimpses of your authentic genuine side and that's the reason why we've why i've talked to you about this before back you know way back when even like when we were at mason talking I relate the best with who you are from a genuine pure state. Hmm. Even if I was buying a house from you, I'd still yeah. feel that way because that's relatable and I I respond best to that.
0: And I think you actually transfer hmm best when you're that way dude 100 man well i feel like just in spiritually speaking you know when going back to we're we're pure in nature right we're pure love pure gratitude just pure energy so when you see a sense of that it's like oh my god i'm seeing the infinite in a sense you know what i mean like damn oh i, I just forgot about that like mm. that's who i really am right I and mean, that's what enlightenment is when you get rid of what you're not you know i mean personally and so like you know there's you, there's a sparkle in someone's eye when they're being their real self you're like oh man yeah okay I, he's he's allowing himself to guard down the veil down enough to show a pureness to him or her right and
1: that's super important when you're when you're just trying to convey and you're trying to convey in life in everything you do mm-hmm. to people to showcase your ability your you know your worth your merit like we as people are trying to convey in multiple avenues in life every single day. Sure. And so the more you can become, the more you can extract your authentic state. It's it's tough, man. Yeah. I'm not gonna say it's an easy it process. Work. It definitely and it's and it's one of stripping. You have to strip it's a stripping. and be able to be able to willingly strip yourself of the natural
0: propensities you have to pacify others. When it's like a death too. I mean, really, we're we're all scared of de- de- dying. Everyone knows the uh, it's the unknown, right? So it's a it's actually a death while you're alive. I mean, that's like the whole again, the spiritual sense: die before you die, so you don't have to die. But we still have to go through this dying process of stripping away. To your point, and it's that's like literally to a sense of like evolving and not dying. It's like a, a, a attack to that. Mm. So it's like it's it's like work. So what
1: helps you? make that a reality like what helps you navigate the stripping of who you are and what you want to be hmm
0: well i don't know it might have got cut off but like the the rock bottomness of just be like oh man I, I got it wrong dude like i thought i had all the answers and i didn't because i wouldn't be hit rock bottom if i did all the answers right and so humbling yourself enough to like you know not okay you know what maybe i got a shift like just like a market shift, you know, when there's a seller's market and it shifts to a buyer's market, you got to shift, and just being like, not hold on to your old self, you know, strip away like you're saying, but like allow yourself to be vulnerable enough to be like, okay, you know what, I can I can rise from the ashes, I can reinvent myself, and be, believing in yourself enough to, that you can do it because we all got it in us, we can do it.
1: Well, that's an ego thing, and it's hard to strip yourself of the ego. It is and, way easier said than done, man. And it's even it's even worse when you're a man. It, I would right. I mean, I can't 100%. talk to him because I'm not. I haven't been a female. Yeah, but uh, it is hard when you're a male because there's a dominance hierarchy that's massively prevalent in our society, and it's even though, even though you know you're not going to be a Warren Buffett or a Bill Gates mm-hmm. and have that kind of societal you know prominence, you still within your own community you still have this urgency it's a, it's it's innate in our biological wiring as males to want to dominate the hierarchy in a some de- to some degree to some degree you know and how you go about that process is is one of very uh, is fragile man because mm. you can you can lose yourself in being a monster yeah And you can lose yourself, and also being too passive. Right, right. You gotta, you gotta run the fine balance, and what the fuck is balance? I don't understand balance. That's hard for me to navigate and coordinate within my own life is for having balance. So it's like, and is it's like it's almost like days we want to be a monster, and we don't, and we don't care. We're just a monster, and there are days we're like. I'm just yeah it's fine pass you know what I mean like yeah do what you want you don't have many of those you don't have those. (laughs) yeah no you (laughs) well I I don't I'm I'm just trying my best to to I'm never gonna be balanced I don't I don't I don't applaud balancey because I think that's being lukewarm yeah and I don't think you should be lukewarm at anything you do I think that there's 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 scale to being hot or cold, but having both elements and not just, not just, you know, not just merging into the middle because it's, there's, there's comfort there and there's compliance there and there's that and the other. I I think that there's, you need both elements to your, to your being hot and cold and no one to distribute the hot water and no one to distribute the cold water.
0: Well, I think you nailed it on the head. People want to, comfort is such an appealing thing, right? For, you know, hey, might as well just chill. I'm not going to be like, you know, my best self or even strive. I can just chill and coast the rest of my life going back to, you know, people staying on social security versus actually getting a job. And, you know, I'll just be, you know, I'll chill, not not get too hot, not get too cold. I'll get to the end of life and I didn't cause that many waves. And it's appealing because it's like there's like the potential of, death you know in acting out right going back to primal again but it's like being vulnerable enough to go into the world to know like i'm going to be extreme take it how is it how it is and then the balance portion i think is being present wherever you're at like i'll be present with you for an hour maybe i can't spend as much time as with justin as i can on my business but i know that hour i'm going to be intense and focused Mm -hmm. and present and i think that's giving your full self to someone um or the business or whatever so but yeah balance is i think it's bullshit for sure i agree well
1: my man we got about an hour in the books i just want to appreciate you (laughs) appreciate you yeah i do appreciate, appreciate you, you. Too, brother i just want to thank you for your time bro thank you for coming on for just for being able to to carve out this time for me man and 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 really for my listeners as well i'm sure they took away some val- very very
0: great valid points from you, man and and i hope we can do it again dude absolutely i look forward to it man and i just want to you know tell your viewers too like you know i'm seeing justin two feet away from me and like the passion you're throwing into your, this, this project, man, in and, and your podcast is like, it's so cool to see, man. I know you care about your, your viewers so much and the authentic, uh, the authenticity you portray, I think it's going to really affect, you know, you know, people out there, man. So it's, you're, you're doing a really good thing for people, bro. I appreciate, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Thank you so much, 100%, bro. hundred percent brother.
1: Done.